As professional communicators, we don't typically expect to find ourselves on the front lines of a war. I mean, this is a desk job for Pete's sake. But all that can be disrupted when war rolls into your home in a T-72 tank. And in Russia's unprovoked invasion of Ukraine, now in its fourth week, there is no distinction between Ukrainian soldiers and civilians. Russia has shelled hospitals, apartment buildings, and even clearly marked civilian bomb shelters. And facing that kind of indiscriminate violence, Ukraine's communications professionals have no choice but go on the offensive. All creative and, and other informational industries, IT industry, technology industry, and uh, communication industries, they are now gathered around one cause to fight this information war. A coalition of Ukrainian creatives has launched what they call the most important brief ever to engage creatives from all around the world to support peace and freedom, stop Russia's unprovoked war, and prevent World War III. And we all have a part to play. Bigger agencies that could create something really big, they're just putting the Ukrainian flag on their Instagram. And I believe it's not enough. In this episode, we'll talk with three of the founders of this initiative about how they're waging a potent information war, how they've been forced to flee their agency in Kyiv, how they're working to pierce the veil of Russian propaganda, and of course, how you can help. I'm Dusty Weiss, and this is Lead Balloon, a podcast about PR, marketing, and branding nightmares, and the well-meaning communications professionals who live them. Thanks for tuning in. You can find PodCamp Media on the social platform of your choice, and we're going to be putting out lots of important links on those channels to support some of these Ukrainian causes we'll talk about today. No fancy soundtrack in this one, no complex storytelling. No content marketing, no ads, just a conversation that's so important, we're rushing it out ASAP. Our guests today are Victor Shkurba, founder and creative director at ISD Group, Oksana Gonchar, creative group head at ISD Group, and Andriy Mishchenko, a freelance creative strategist in Ukraine. Thank you all for joining us on the podcast and I'd like to open just by expressing my deepest condolences my outrage, my anger, my creeping existential dread and feelings of complete helplessness at seeing what the people of your nation have had to endure for more than three weeks. The Ukrainian people are an inspiration and your efforts in standing together against Russia's immoral violence are nothing short of heroic. So thank you for talking with us today and thank you for doing what you do. Yeah. Thank you, Darcy, for in- inviting us to... And this possibility, of course. Yeah, sp- yeah, spread to the world what we feel, what we are going through right now. Yeah, it's quite strange. I can only imagine. But tell me about your lives before this unprovoked invasion of Ukraine by Russia. You were all members of Ukraine's creative community. Where did you work? What did you do? And what sorts of projects did you have going on? And, and we'll start with Victor. Just to briefly express who, who I am, who I am, I'm actually have a family and have two boys, seven and thirteen year, years old, and uh, I actually uh, live in Kiev for all all of my life. Uh, 
And um, for the last uh, 19 years, I, I'm, I'm actually developing one of the largest communications uh, group in Ukraine. Uh, and we have more than 70 people are working in a company. Oksana working right now. Actually, Andre had been working for maybe four or five years in, in the agency. Yeah, and uh, we, we, we are working with the biggest uh, international and local clients like, I don't know, Vodafone, Philips, uh, uh, Kimberly Clark in Ukraine. And we are also have a second uh, our focus of attention direction. And we, we, are, we are working with uh, uh, international agencies, biggest agencies, creative agencies around the world, trying to help them build innovative uh, digital projects. This was our like... Uh, normal life. Daily, normal daily life. routine. Yep. Yeah, it sounds like you had a, a really bustling agency and, and a lot of good business. And as I have watched the news of what's happening in Ukraine, I think almost daily how there but for the grace of whatever that could happen to anybody where you, you spend your life building up a business, uh, becoming the best in your fields. And because of one evil person and, and the power at his disposal, all that is suddenly jeopardized. So how have your lives changed in the three plus weeks uh, since the attack? Drastically, uh, yeah, dramatically, dramatically, yeah. You, we we noted when we began this conversation that uh, while you were all based in Kiev prior to this, Victor and Oksana, you've had to move west to Lviv, a city that's a little bit further away from the fighting. Although there was shelling there this morning, and Andre, you've had to move to the southwest part of Ukraine as well. Yeah, we're we're here right now, and uh, for. For three weeks now, we're organizing, uh, like m moving all our work here, and we're trying to build processes that we had in uh, the capital of Ukraine. We we were sort of uh, pre prepared with the, all the pandemic situation from by working uh, from home, so we know how to work from different places. Uh, uh, we now call homes. So business continues for the agency. No, 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 it's no. It's not about the business. No, anymore. no, it's it's not about the business anymore. So we are currently uh, working like uh, fourteen to sixteen hours trying to bomb Russia with uh, information, with actually with the truth, because you know they they don't have this understanding of what's going on in reality. So they feel they're saving our lives from someone, from Nazis uh, or something like that. And and currently uh, one of our biggest focus is uh, trying to give as much as possible information, the truth to the Russian. And uh, yeah, the second, as, as you already know, this uh, brief trying to engage uh, creative community around the world to do something, not just watching TV, but also doing doing something. Help us, helps Ukrainian, help, helps uh, themselves because everybody should understand that it's not just a war against uh, Ukraine; it's it's war against you, about against uh, future, against uh, difference. Anyone around the world could now 
help us actually fight it it affects everyone and and everyone has a part to play in ending this and the resistance that the Ukrainian people have mounted has been nothing short of heroic. But to hear about how everyday citizens like the three of you are using your skill set to mount essentially an information war against Russian propaganda is incredible, too. Oksana, can you tell me a little bit more about your efforts to uh, to get truth to Russian citizens who ultimately, at the end of the day, have, have the say over whether or not Vladimir Putin stays in power? In the first day of war, I ran uh, away to my parents. Uh, uh, it is a small village in the middle of nowhere, to be honest. And I read all news like crazy. And I read and cry. I read and cry. I think as everybody in our community, because you couldn't understand what. And how can you help? And then I start to work with different creative community from different agency. So on a third day, I woke up and thought, oh my God, if we have so many power just in Ukraine, how to tell the truth to the West, to get this support? What if we spread the information and what if, if we ask all agency around the world about help because everybody in West agency know better which message they can use for spread the trust. It was just one thought and then I wrote to Andre and he answered me, yes, we need to do it right now. And we start to develop the brief and we work 10 hours and it was ready. And that brief, I've seen it everywhere on the internet. I've seen it on LinkedIn. I've seen it covered in Adweek. I've seen it covered on the news. How has the response been? What have you heard back from the West, from Europe, and from all over the world? We have received really very fast feedback from professionals around the world. Yeah, you're right. The best mass media like Edwig or Ed H wrote about us and in the first day we got really a lot of emails with ideas and um, offers and questions how can we help yeah and uh, the most important for us was email from a big company yeah and the email from very small agencies around the world and there are really one interesting story that happened I don't know two days ago yeah some guy Courtney from Milwaukee he wrote us that he saw the brief and want to help and he has just one billboard in Milwaukee and he want to use this billboard for supporting Ukraine but he didn't know what he should write yeah in this billboard and ask about help and it it was so heartwarming yeah because one people want to do something and uh, we decided to create for him something special and uh, one our friend our colleague uh, found in Wikipedia that Milwaukee is this uh, city in 
Wisconsin, yeah. Would Would you believe that I'm actually calling you from Milwaukee right now? Really? Uh, yeah, we're based in Milwaukee. So, <laughs> did you know that your city is uh, the sister city of the city Irpin? I do know that. I actually I used to work at uh, Milwaukee City Hall, and uh, we were part of the sister city program um, through that. So I've actually I've followed the situation in, in Irpin wow. very very closely, and it's absolutely tragic what happened there. And it is my story. We decided to create a message about it. Just Milwaukee, your sister city needs your support. Your pinky, yeah. And it was the message. And uh, this one uh, man from Milwaukee inspired us to do a big uh, campaign uh, around the world and find all sister city of our cities that was destroyed by Russian bomb. And now we are preparing uh, this billboard and messages for each city uh, around the world. And it is so cool to know that only one person in the world can uh, make this wave yeah, of supporting. Yeah. So for me, uh, this kind of story is unbelievable. It sounds like you've gotten great support from the creative community around the world. But at the end of the day, as creatives, as communicators, it's our job to advocate and to apply pressure to change public opinion and to ultimately get governments to spring into action. So as we raise our voices as a creative community on behalf of Ukraine, what else do you need to see happen to help Ukraine in its fight against Russia? This is a quite uh, interesting question, and I believe it's important because right now, yes, we receive a lot of different uh, emails and most of the people, most of the creatives uh, ask, ask us, how can we help, uh, how, what can we do? And most of the creative, they're uh, trying to give uh, us an ideas. But what we are trying to uh, ask them and say them back that we can't actually execute them right now because we are in, in, in a war. So we need you to activate the creatives around around you that are close to you and to big this campaign because like what I see right now it's uh, like this support from small creatives around the countries but bigger agencies that could create something really big they're just putting the Ukrainian flag on their Instagram and I believe it's not enough. And I believe uh, uh, that the uh, creative community uh, c- could do much more and, as you say, put more pressure on the government. Because uh, I don't know if you know, but like as Biden said, United States will, will stop uh, to import of oil and gas to the United States. And it's quite a lot. Because uh, when the Putin received this money, it, it, it converts this money uh, to, to, to bullets and to bombs. Yeah. But as you know, Germany just in a day paying more than 600 million euros per day for the oil per day. Can you imagine how, how much money uh, they give to the Putin every day? 
so he could convert this to 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 this military equipment and to continue the war. And I believe, for example, uh, the creative industry within the Germany, yeah, and within the European country could push uh, uh, put put much more pressure o- 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 on the government, and it could be a bigger pressure if if the biggest bigger players will uh, come to 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 the game because i believe uh, the creative community are still thinking they are sometime working with russian companies russian they are receiving russian money when they're doing some project for the biggest russian banks uh, oil companies production bank, uh, companies and they are i, I believe thinking uh, how how the russian will think about our agency in the future whether they will going to work with us but i believe they don't understand the scale of the war and what's happening right now it's it's not just about ukraine putin tried to understand this red lines and maybe his next step will be the baltic countries and maybe in in a few months he he decided that he need to get back the alaska from the states and will try to start uh, i don't know sending bombs and and i i think that most of the people around the world still think that it's a political question right it's a question of all oh, brothers ukrainian russian please uh, just stop but we can't stop we are on our own territory and they are trying to kill us just so it's not a politics anymore it's it's like a much bigger uh, question right now it seems like turning off the supply of russian gas and enduring whatever economic hardships come along with that that's a small price to pay compared to what you're going through in ukraine where your hospitals are being shelled your apartment buildings are being blown up and to hear people say oh well we we can't just go cold turkey off of uh, russian gas it it rings a little bit hollow to me so i i think there's there's certainly something to that i as i understand it uh, a lot of people in ukraine have connections to people in russia and and i don't know if if those connections are still open. I know that there's been a big crackdown in Russia on information, but are any of you in contact with friends or family that you have in Russia? And Andre, I, I see you raise a hand there. Are the sanctions making a difference? Is information from the West getting into Russia to tell them what's really going on in Ukraine right now? Well, you know, first, it's really tough a uh, thing because uh, uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok and uh, uh, every uh, mass media channel from West is now blocked by Russia. So uh, there's only uh, Vkontakte, Adnoklasniki and uh, state-governed uh, uh, social networks. Yeah, uh, and uh, no message will go through those social networks without uh, FSB seeing security agencies seeing uh, what people write to each other. So it's really hard about the messages. And I have relatives uh, in Russia right now. Right now, my mother is uh, in Tumen, which is uh, in the center of uh, of Russia. Uh, we're not raising political questions because we are uh, probably on different sides of the specter of what's happening. It's really hard because uh, on the other side of the border, 
there is a, a twisted understanding of what's happening here. And uh, uh, my father-in-law got a call from his brother, his actual brother who lives uh, in Russia. And uh, he got a call in the first uh, day of war on the 24th of February. Uh, his uh, brother said, go ahead and try to stop us now. His brother. Uh, and so, so you understand that uh, uh, what what is happening there is just uh, some crazy, surreal, propaganda-based reality. People are boiling in, you know? Right. They're bought into the propaganda. Yeah. They're, they're, not, they're not even looking for the truth at this point. And it, it, it is horrible because all of us have the same story. For example, my father-in-law and mother-in-law, they are living in Crimea. You know, Crimea was occupied by Russia eight years ago. And in the first day of war, uh, they called us and uh, told us, just sit quietly and Russian army will save you from the Nazism. And it was, what a f- Sorry, and it is big pain when your parent don't believe you because they are, I don't know, like a zombie infected with propaganda. Everybody in our country has the same story with Russian relatives. That's just terrible and and so incredibly frustrating and on a lesser scale, but but no less pernicious. I think we've. We've endured the same thing here in the United States uh, recently with uh, our former president, Donald Trump, and and his supporters who seem willing to uh, believe whatever he tells them, even when it's very clearly a, a lie. And it's putting ideology in front of truth. And, and it's certainly a problem around the world right now. But seeing it play out in Ukraine and Russia is just incredibly disheartening because, again, you know, it can happen anywhere. In fact, I'd I'd say that if anything, the last three weeks have illustrated that information warfare is a more potent tool than ever before. And as as potent as Ukraine's military response has been to Russia and and you have you've you've choked your roads with their tanks that you've blown up. And that's incredible. But your ability to sculpt the narrative and win on the informational battleground is even greater and even more powerful. What is behind this string of decisive victories on the information front for Ukraine? It is actually many things. For starters, we're not making things up. We're not creating fake realities. We're just telling the truth. And we have just one job to do. We have to tell the truth and we have to tell it effectively. The second thing is that the whole nation, 40 million of people, are now putting all their efforts into telling the truth to Russians, to foreign citizens, to to every man and women and and children in the world. So all creative and and other informational industries, IT industry, uh, technology industry, and uh, communication industries, they're now uh, gathered around one cause to fight this information war. Not because they have to, but because they want to, because uh, they they feel that, that this is the right thing to do right now. Uh, and Russian propaganda says right now that uh, it is all uh, organized by NATO or it is uh, all organized by some Ukrainian Nazi government. You know, what, what we see here right now is that there are 
literally hundreds of organized groups that, uh, that sometimes don't know of uh, uh, each other's existence, but uh, there, uh, these groups are, have thousands of people in them and they put in all their efforts, like 20 hours a day on sending the right messages uh, through all the possible channels they have. So uh, it is uh, a matter of life and death now. And when it is a, lot, a matter of life and death, uh, you're doing everything you can. While other side, Russian propaganda machine, is doing it for money. All those troll right. farms, all those uh, hackers that were working on Russian security services, they're just doing it for money. And when soon money stops coming, probably, we hope that, uh, this will also influence their ability to create these fake realities of their own. And truth will win, we hope. We hope, certainly. Yeah. There are one more important thing that um, this is a unique uh, situation for um, Ukrainian markets that uh, Ukrainian agencies are not currently competing with, with each other, yes? This is a project uh, of the creative community of Ukraine because this is our common struggle. Hundreds maybe of uh, small agencies are currently working as uh, one big agency. So you, you can imagine what, what can be done by a uh, few thousand creatives that are working with the one on and only focus uh, together. It's, it's incredible to see. And when the history of these weeks are written, uh, I, I think that you all will have played a prominent role in shaping that. And so it's it's commendable. Um, it's impressive. Uh, I, I did have I had one question here, one distinction that I wanted to draw, because I grew up pronouncing the name of Ukraine's capital as Kiev. But I recently learned that the preferred Ukrainian pronunciation is Kiev. And so I've been doing what I can to change my habits and say that properly. It's a very, very little thing. But can you explain to an American who may not be familiar with the distinction here why why this is important? Yeah, I, I can tell. Andre, It's my pain point, you know, about the Kiev and Kiev. Kiev is uh, the Russian name of our city. And uh, it is uh, the result of the, the centuries of Russification of, uh, of Ukrainians. And uh, uh, people even know uh, the recipe uh, the, uh, called uh, Chicken Kiev. Yep. Chicken Kiev. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, basically, this is uh, the Russian version of what we are, you know. So what we're now trying to do is we are trying to change this narrative so all the information coming from Ukraine will come from Ukraine and not from the Russian sources telling you about the Ukraine. Uh, the famous, uh, well, the infamous uh, Russia Today channels that were telling about what is happening in Ukraine all, all around the world, they are actually propaganda channels that are telling fakes about, uh, about Ukraine. And there uh, they were uh, like creating these uh, Ukraine narratives and uh, when we're when we're talking about uh, saying Kiev instead of Kiev, uh, this is the choice uh, of uh, the truth. This is the choice of uh, supporting Ukraine and uh, getting the real information of what's happening from Ukraine and not from propaganda-based channels on 
It's it's a small way to show your support for Ukraine's sovereignty and its status as an independent identity and an independent nation. And again, uh, it's a, a habit that I'm only happy to change once I learned uh, what was going on there. I would like to add a little bit about this narrative because Russians uh, love to use a narrative about two brothers when they talk about our country. But it is important to understand that Ukraine has its own culture and always had and own history and own uh, heroes and what is most important own language and russians don't understand ukrainian language yeah it is funny okay it's not funny yeah they uh, uh, talk that they're just they're one language yeah but they're not the same And yes, some part of our history was common, but we are not brother anymore. It was a history of oppression. Yeah, yeah, it was a history of repression. And if somebody talks that culture or, I don't know, artists uh, are not about politics, they need to remember the part of Ukrainian history in 20th century when uh, Russia killed many of Ukrainian greatest culture um, writers, poets, artists, musicians, and other people who was built our culture. Is that what inspires you to keep on fighting three weeks into this with the situation dire? Yes, but like in a bigger scale, it's easy to answer th- this question saying that we're actually fighting for our lives. Uh, we are fi- fighting for our future, yes, uh, for freedom, because we don't actually we don't want to live in a country where you can't say what, 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 what you want to say, when you can't move where you want to move, when you can't do What, what you can do and we have uh, families that my family is currently in Poland and I want to live w- with with them and I want to have a future for my kids a f- free future where they, that, w- w- where they can speak Ukrainian and w- when they can choose what they want to choose yeah in, in a peaceful country not not a country that All, all the time trying to find another places outside of the border always this military aggression yeah trying to annex uh, some part of the other countries and we are we are actually we want to get back to our office we just built like two weeks before the the war was done we just built a new like 50 550 square meters uh, innovatives inspiring office for for our country we have a lot of projects and and we are fighting for for our future it's like it's yeah and it doesn't matter that i'm now in a safe place okay and we are here in a good office it is an office of our partners here and clients and we but uh, my best friend Uh, is from Mariupol, uh, the city with uh, 350 people. 
people yeah inside and uh, our friend Masha with three small children she lived in Mariupol yes because it totally destroyed now and we heard nothing from her 10 days and it was horrible because we uh, uh, read the story how people uh, don't have light water food and I know the real story how many people melted ice in the street to dream. Can you imagine it in 21 century? So there are no questions why we need to fight. We don't want this evil to be on our land, in, in our country, in our lives. Yeah. Andre? I, I, wa- I want to add that uh, I'm actually, uh, my, my roots are from Donetsk. So it is on the east of Ukraine. And this war for me started eight years ago when uh, right. Russian-backed uh, uh, military troops uh, invaded uh, first Crimea, and then they invaded uh, Donetsk and uh, Luhansk regions to uh, get away uh, the world's at- attention from the Crimea. So you mm-hmm. understand this propaganda machine, how this propaganda machine works. Uh, I've never gone to my city, to my native city, Donetsk, for eight years now. And I want to go there like a free man, I want to go there as Ukrainian and I want to be proud that uh, I'm like going back home, you know? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Well, when this is all done, I would like very much to come with my family and visit Kyiv and see that Ukrainian city and experience that Ukrainian culture and buy all you guys a beer uh, because <laughs> what you have been through is incredible and your effort is nothing short of heroic. I'm going to put a link to your brief and to your website in the podcast episode description. And I would urge everyone listening to visit that brief, read it, and think about how they can get involved with your effort as well and apply pressure to end this illegal and immoral invasion of Ukraine. How else can we get involved? What are some websites that we can donate to so that we can support the Ukrainian people and the cause of a free and sovereign Ukraine? Actually, what every citizen of United States could 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 do, just if, if you're not a creative guy, you could support uh, another our projects and other our, our efforts. We are con- currently collecting all the dead and prisoned Russian soldiers, all, all that destroyed machinery and trying to put it, this information on a map of Ukraine and Russia, trying to send all these uh, targeted messages to citizens of different regions of Russia and trying to show the reality of war because they don't see the scale of invasion. They they cannot see the uh, scale of Russian children, Russian fathers, Russian brothers that are are killing in this war. And what I believe, because actually part of my family living in, in Moscow, I believe when they saw all this information, they try to uh, behave differently they try to think about whether th- what what they put in doing is right or not and i believe we need to push all this message as 
as spread this message as wider as, as possible in Russia. And actually right now, half of, of the agency, more than 30, 30 people are collecting all this information via social media channels. Also, Ukrainian army provide us with information on the names and, and the information where they from all these soldiers. And so uh, if you could also put this, uh, the name of the uh, website uh, and maybe somewhat could, could also support us and donate yeah uh, so we could then spend this money on sending the information on the media yeah yeah please send me a link and i'll i'll share it in the episode description and on all of our social media channels and uh, and we'll do what we can uh, to help out yeah and there are so many options uh, how to support ukraine and i know that maybe uh, not everybody would like to donate for you know army yeah for example but we need to remember that war will end with our victory and we need to rebuild our city and already uh, there are three several government funds for donation uh, to rebuild and i know great example uh, from italy yeah italy has promised to rebuild the drama theater in mariupol uh, which was destroyed just a few days ago, so... And, and, and I just saw that the uh, Prime Minister of Greece said that they, they are going to rebuild the maternity uh, and children's hospital in Mariupol. I, I believe if, if local citizens will pressure more on the local government, maybe we will see much more uh, efforts, local efforts to support. Um, yeah, yeah and one more important thing about our market. Market, yeah, a lot of agencies offer now uh, um, the job for talents in Ukraine, but we think that if they want to support Ukrainian agency, they need to work with us, not to take our talents from our country to another countries, because we don't want to relocate. We want to build our agency here in Ukraine, and it is important thing just to, to be our partners and work together to help businesses uh, that will build this country once again you know rebuilding the economy helping creative uh, uh, agencies uh, it's really important stuff but but right after the war uh, will end and currently there are uh, humanitarian support uh, needed in different direction, helping to, for example, relocate children from Kiev from that are going through cancer treatment. Children that are facing cancer and are right now uh, trying to uh, repair. Repa- repa- yes, and and uh, we we need to move them outside of the uh, country. And we have a fund for these children. Actually, one of the biggest that helps uh, such uh, children around the country but the first priority is is an army so ukrainian army do a lot of fantastic efforts they're like putting their lives and what we need uh, from of course from the governments from from the governments around the world and us do a lot actually supporting with uh, military equipment right, right now but still we have 
uh, problems with uh, protective equipment. Some of our military guys are still without uh, this protective vests, body armor, and yeah. with, uh, without helmet. So, so our actually Ukrainians that are currently working in the creative industry, they are trying to ask uh, ex. Uh, military guys from the United States to donate their armor because we we don't have enough even to protect some of the newcomers. So uh, we will do a link also to all army supporters' uh, funds because we need to support army. And we're going to do what we can to back you any way that we can um, because, again, your fight is so important. Your cause is our cause and we are all in this together. Thank you. Uh, Victor Shkurba, Oksana Gonchar from ISD Group, freelance creative strategist, Andriy Mischenko. Please be safe, be strong, and make Putin choke on every last meter of Ukrainian ground that he tries to invade. Your effort, your people, and your nation are an inspiration to the rest of us, and we're going to do what we can to support you. Thank you for your bravery, thank you for your heroism, and thank you for taking time to talk to us today on the podcast. And thank you for your support. It makes a lot for us. Thank you. That's going to do it for this episode of Let Balloon. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast. But more importantly, take to heart what Victor, Oksana, and Andre had to say and find a way to get involved or support their cause. Let Balloon is produced by PodCamp Media, where we provide branded podcast production services for businesses. Stay informed, stay creative, and fight fascism. I'm Dusty Weiss.